Chapter 2 Margot Feist My interviewee, Margot Feist, deputy of the First People's Chamber of the GDR, minister and wife of President Honecker. She was born in Halle, an industrial center in central Germany, in April 1927. She has lived in Chile since 1992, where she arrived shortly before Eric Honecker was released from Mobit prison. Born into a working-class family, she learned from an early age to take responsibility for the home and participated in political events in her country. She knew fascism, war, and the harsh post-war years. Her father, a proven anti-fascist, spent seven years in prison, first in jail, and then in the Buchenwald concentration camp. My childhood was spent in the shadows of my father's unemployment and house searches by the Gestapo. My parents raised me in the anti-fascist spirit, so I lived that time with my eyes wide awake. Tell me about your parents and your brother. Manfred, my younger brother, with whom I still have a close relationship to this day, has unfortunately been very ill for years. My father, now deceased, was an active trade unionist and communist. As a shoemaker's apprentice, he traveled through central Germany where he had contacts with industrial workers who were fighting against exploitation and oppression. When he met my mother, she was a young worker in a mattress factory. Her father died in the First World War, leaving his wife with seven children. In 1933, at the age of six, I entered school, and in that same year, my father was arrested. It was not easy for my mother to raise me and my brother. She was a sensible, intelligent, and courageous woman. She died in 1948 at the age of 34, a year after my father was released, and a few months before the end of my school term. She died as a result of an abortion, as so many women died back then, and even today, who due to immense material and psychological constraints, decide not to bring any more children to the world. Inhumane laws prevented and still prevent women in these emergency situations from receiving medical help and moral and psychological support. My mother gave us strength so that we were not influenced by the fascist tales that spoke of the atrocities of the communists whom they called inferior men. The words of my mother deeply marked us, who told us, You can hold your head up high. Your father is one of those who wanted the good for all men, and for this he played them without ever giving up. When my father left the concentration camp, it was difficult for him to talk about the sufferings of the people, the cruelties of the fascists, the comrades murdered there, the atrocities against the Jews, the Sintis, and the Romans, gypsy ethnic groups. My father and his friends did not speak as heroes of what happened, but simply about the resistance and their dead comrades. And how did your personal life continue? After my mother's death, I took care of my father and brother and began to participate in the activities of my father's illegal group. Were you afraid of being arrested? You ask me if I was afraid. Yes, I was afraid. But fear was everywhere, and it was part of daily life. Later, due to the continuous air raids, I went with my brother to Cilicia, where our paternal grandmother was. There, under the pretext of total war, I was forced to work in a telephone exchange. I preferred that before doing it in a munitions factory. And did you stay there until the end of the war? Yes, there in Silesia, we had the arrival of the Soviet army in May 1945. These hours of liberation were not filled with joy, 
since until the last moment, the German and Lithuanian security forces were firing at the Soviets. In September, we turned to my hometown, Halle. The great relocation of the German population for the Silesian territories, which were now Polish, had begun. Until 1948, from other parts of Germany, millions of transplants also arrived in the Soviet occupation zone, that is, more than 40% of the 10 million people who were left homeless and jobless. And as I said, we went back to my hometown. There I began to work in the Anti-Fascist Youth Committee. These committees had been formed in many places. We young people, together with the old anti-fascists, got to work removing debris from the ruins left by the war, repairing roofs, rebuilding schools, and building sports fields and homes for young people, helping old people, and children to overcome misery. We collected charcoal and firewood, and organized the first Christmas parties and the first playgrounds for children. During the day, we helped organize daily life, and at night we talked with young people. We reflected on the causes of the war and those responsible for it, to win them over for a new beginning, for a peaceful work in a democratic Germany. The youth had to be awakened from their lethargy, from their senseless sorrow over the lost war, liberated from the delusion that Germany was above other races and peoples, and from the poison of arrogance that had been instilled in it. They only knew lies, and they must know the truth. I think there were not many young people who were dedicated to these tasks. We were few and our work was hard. We, that is, the young communists, Christians, socialists, liberals and democrats, and also young people who previously belonged to Hitler Youth. We were happy when, gradually, little by little, many other young people who were kept isolated and expectant began to integrate. What specifically was your responsibility? Together with other colleagues, I took care of displaced children who had to find a new home, and they found it among us. Children who were still hungry, who had spent many nights in bomb shelters, who had lost mother and father, father in the war, who because of the war had not been able to finish school. Together with anti-fascist teachers, we gradually managed to get children off the streets. Children's associations were founded where children can meet in their neighborhoods or in their schools to play, learn, play sports, or spend their vacations. At the end of 1949, I was called to Berlin as secretary of the pioneer organization that emerged from that children's association. And you agreed to go to the capital? I accepted, although it was not easy to leave my hometown, which was also my political homeland. There I had my family, my friends, my colleagues. There I experienced the unification of the two workers' parties. There I participated in the discussion between socialists and communists, in the search for a single path and joint action for a democratic Germany. That was a very important and successful process, as it culminated in the unification of both parties. But it surely was not easy. It really wasn't easy, but it was historic. It was necessary to learn from the division of the working class that brought so much misfortune. The discussion did not go without reciprocal reproaches. The history of both parties was still alive in their memories. The communists still remembered with pain some struggles that were attacked cleanly by the police under the orders of the Social Democrats. And the Social Democrats remembered the sectarian attitudes of the communists. But they had both agreed that it had been a disgrace that the unity of action of the working class 
had not come about in time to combat the then emerging fascism. Worried that the old men could not agree, the young people got involved in the discussion. We were often told then, you young people don't know about that. The truth is that we were freer of that blast. Finally, these encounters culminated in the desire and the will to unify. To return to the subject of my transfer to Berlin, to go there was to go where one was most needed. Getting a job, getting up, it didn't matter. We knew of our responsibility, and we knew that it was necessary to postpone the personal. This meant working during the day and studying at night. We did not come to the party out of opportunism, to get ahead personally, as some later did. Margot, how did you meet Comrade Honecker? When I arrived in Berlin, I was a young woman with my own political profile, which later I always tried to maintain. I met Erich as the secretary of the communist youth, just as the others knew him. It was only by working with him in Berlin that we also got closer personally. We got married and our daughter was born, and later the grandchildren. We lived happily and sad hours with ups and downs in our personal and political life. Thank you for listening to this translation from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. Support us at NewOutlookPublishers.net, join us on Discord, follow us on Twitter, and visit PeoplesSchool.org to sign up for free classes.